Welcome back to RPG Pals Club. If you came here expecting the Battle of the Bands, we're still a bit off. We had November stuff come up. November happened. Not that November stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think like any uh, uh, a friend of mine likes to say this is the worst time of the year to run or plan games. Mm -hmm. I mean, my birthday is next week slash will have been like a week or two before this came after this. My birthday's on the 21st of November. That's that's what I was trying to say. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. so anyways, uh, we were not able to get everybody together for RPG Pals Club. So get ready for a rip-rollicking One Piece-inspired adventure as we are doing a playtest of the Ocean's Dream RPG, a role-playing game that I started in quarantine, and it's still in progress, but if Sahoni can run games on here that he developed, that's very good for Sahoni, and everyone should go and buy Exceptionals, not The Exceptionals, because that's what we named our adventure, even though that title is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Exceptional. Listen, we have to di differentiate just a little bit. Yeah, Exceptionals mm -hmm. tested better, you know, with all the people that I tested. <laughs> <laughs> just me with two cell phones in each hand and giant businesswoman shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go get it. Break the glass ceiling. <laughs> Fuck another woman's husband to show her your dominance. <laughs> 80s business. Eat a pound of cocaine. Staff that homeless <laughs> guy to prove you're alive. <laughs> Yeah, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> but we're dealing with other unethical people. Uh, yeah, we're playing Ocean's Dream, which is a One Piece inspired game that I started working on after reading all of One Piece in quarantine back in like February. I've done a few playtests of it and it's been slowly evolving, but it was like, hey, let's do this. And so now we're going to do this. Uh, so drop the music here. Club that we're here to say we like tabletops in a major way. Today we got some pirates for you. We also make video game references too. There's lots of the jokes and I'm cutting some rhymes. I do this kind of stuff like all of the time. Luke, I hope you appreciate this bit. So otherwise, it's gonna sound like some shit. Luke, go fuck yourself. I'm doing this. You don't pay me for this. So I'm not gonna rhyme that part. I hope you like the steam whistle that Eric added in at the end. <laughs> and all the rapping I did. <laughs> make notes, make notes, make notes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, still a better boat pre uh, parade than some of the things I've seen this year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to quickly go over the characters. The idea here is that you can make essentially any character. They're going to normally be part of a boat crew, but we're sort of doing a session zero, so they don't have a boat yet. We'll get a boat eventually. Mm -hmm. So uh, give a quick rundown on your character, Madison, what their powers are, and, you know, a bit of the character stuff. All right. Uh, well, 
today on this pirate game, I'm going to be playing the Cloctopus. Uh, they are literally an octopus, they them pronouns. Uh, they're an octopus in an old brass diving helmet. Uh, their eight tentacles kind of poke out and that's how they move around. Uh, and aside from just literally being an octopus, they have time powers. Like you do. You know, as octopuses do. Yeah, uh, didn't you know octopuses are from the future? <laughs> exactly. They've, they've come back from the future to warn us of our grave mistakes that we're probably going to inflict upon the earth. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, specifically the Cloctopus has uh, three kind of time-based powers on a bit of a 30-second limit of how long they can hold these abilities, being uh, the ability to pause time for themselves, uh, uh, sort of like a big AOE sort of thing, uh, reverse reverse to be able to take something that is in motion and literally reverse its the whole shit, uh, and fast forward so he can throw things and fast forward it in the air and make it hit the other targets really, really hard. Yeah. That is a way that it does. But as a person, what are they like? What are their dreams? What are their strengths? <laughs> what are their weaknesses? <laughs> ah, so the Cloctopus's whole deal is that they came up from the bottom of the ocean to try and become the best fighter so that they could go back into the ocean, defeat the Kraken, and take his place. That is... Such a good plot. <laughs> but you see, you're perpetuating the cycle then. Exactly. Because that's all, all they want. They want a bigger, stronger fight. They, they want to be defeated by a worthy opponent. And they want to defeat worthy opponents. Well, and you know what else is a cycle? A clock. Exactly. Oh, man. It's all circles, baby. <laughs> Time is around. <laughs> no. TikTok, motherfucker. I'm playing a lot of Fuser recently that just came out, which is probably going to date this a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> Clocks is one of the songs you can make. Anyway, uh, I guess I'll go next. Anyway, uh, I'm Eric, a.k.a. Rhythm Bastard, and I, I am playing Thrash, the, the, the self-appointed leader of this scurvy crew. He is a raccoon with a dope-ass pirate hat and open pirate jacket, and he wears shredded track pants. Um... He, his powers are Climby Claws, where he can climb any surface, and Booming Voice, where he can speak to people's souls and he can be heard from very far away. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> the raccoon that can speak directly to your soul. Yeah, I mean, that. haven't Powerful. you seen that video that recently went viral? Again, dating this hell to hell. <laughs> where, like, the raccoons just wanted... That, that's why all the raccoons got the hot dogs, because they spoke to that man's soul. They said, please give me your hot dogs. Please gently hand out these hot dogs and we will not harm you. <laughs> the hive mind of raccoons. Thrash is all about renown, the renown and the notoriety. You know, his claws are, he wants to be known for the sharpest claws. He wants to get on top of the tallest building and say, listen up, bitches, I have arrived. You know, he wants that renowned. So you might say their vice is pride? Yes. But what is their virtue? Uh, their virtue is the, just their sheer enthusiasm. They never give up, as a typical shonen protagonist, and they never surrender. They just get, keep getting that fighting spirit, man. And then, uh, so their dream is just to be the biggest? Yes. What is your vice? What is your virtue? 
That's my <laughs> Silent Hill salesman voice. Uh, it's Resident Evil That's, 4. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 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 I'm a coward. I'm a coward. I played Eternal Darkness and then when a bug went across the screen and I just literally shuddered thinking about that. Also because it's now fall and it's getting cold in the basement. Uh, yeah, I'm a coward. So what are you buying? <laughs> What are you selling? What are you mixing up with other games? And then, uh, Sahoni. Yes, hi. Uh, I'm Sahoni, uh, he, him pronouns, and I'm playing Gao Henley. Uh, because I too also am like way too deep into One Piece. I'm somewhere, for reference, I'm somewhere in the middle of Whole Cake, uh, for those of you in the know. <laughs> wink wonk. Uh, yeah, wink wonk. I am not. <laughs> I, wait, whole cake is well. I guess the, what was the prequel partial cake? No. Uh, no. You fool! <laughs> it's all about marriage and Nazis. Oh my god! Who were comic characters, but then they're not. Yeah, it's a giant metaphor for American imperialism. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, read One Piece. One Piece is good. Um. <laughs> Gotta go, gotta go. Dream it, don't give it up, Luffy. <laughs> don't, don't watch the four kids. Don't. Honestly, the anime is okay, but you're gonna be uh, having a better ride if you just read the manga, and it's a lot better pacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm playing Gal Henley, and since I know One Piece lore, I was really tempted just to put in a One Piece OC, uh, and I did, and I put in a wolf mink. Uh, who, uh, he is a, uh, doctor, uh, he, uh, trained in medicine, uh, in his mid-thirties, uh, who chain smokes and wears big, uh, round glasses and a doctor's coat and, uh, is, he has a bad habit of being accidentally spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I think, like, his virtue is that he's a very, very kind person. He's just, um, you know, spooky. His vice is, uh, I think, depression. (laughs) (laughs) Vice is, AJ, I saw you. (laughs) (laughs) Who put it in that he had a big dick as a vice? (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) oh my god he's not telling wouldn't mind partaking a bit in that voice Uh, no judge wink wink say no more say no more uh and i think i think his big dream is that he wants to i i I haven't really thought about uh, this outside of he wants to go back home there's there is but he's always been kind of too afraid to i think no, that that works perfectly fine. So uh, I've gotten all of this information. Now, one other important thing about the Ocean's Dream role-playing game is that uh, all of you get to give me a wish. I will see if I can incorporate it by inserting it into my big old uh, Ocean's Dream generator that I have. Mm-hmm. It's going to take all of the factors that you've talked about, uh, but you get a wish, so it could be something like, I want to fight a rhinoceros, or I want to eat a really big cake, or 
I want to flip a nun's dress over her head and then send her tumbling down a series of stairs. That is oddly specific. Hmm. So, uh, what, uh, does anyone have their wish right now? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Clocktopus's wish is to defeat a worthy opponent in Mortal Kombat. Is that the game Mortal Kombat or actual Mortal Kombat? Actual Mortal Kombat. Oh, I, I spelled it as the game. <laughs> video the game. Video game. <laughs> no, leave it. Sorry, I fixed it already. No. Uh, who <laughs> else has their dream? I want to find cool metal uh, tonfas. Uh, and when you say cool metal, do you, does that mean they are cold or just neat looking? Or no, I just mean they're they're really they're really rad. Radical. Yeah. They're, they deal radiation damage. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean, they're uh, they're they they look really snazzy. The aesthetic is off the charts. Yeah, so it's very aesthetic and kind of builds into uh, his whole deal. All right. And Eric, do you have your wish? Uh, my wish is to climb atop a really tall building and then kick the guy that owns it off the top of it, falling to his doom in a scene not unlike um, the movie Die Hard. Hans Gruber didn't own the building, you plebeian, and he was kicked out of the <laughs> Oh, how the tables have turned! <laughs> Incredible. All right, well, I'm going to enter this into the machine. It's being entered. Now I'm thinking, what would it be like if Silent Hill had like a merchant character or just something so like a person you buy items from? And I thought that would be the dumbest decision ever. It really would. I hope they. I hope. I hope they just like make one of the pterodactyls. Yeah, no, just like a ter- yeah, a pterodactyl with like no, so like the, the merchant in Resident Evil 4 had like a stereotypical pirate voice. The pterodactyl merchant in Silent Hill, like I guess they're up to what, fucking nine now? He will have a stereotypical ninja voice. Okay. He'll be like, oh, what are you buying? Oh, what are you selling? Pew pew. What is that? That's the radio going off because we're in Silent Hill. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So that was the machine. It has run through the rubber chicken phase and the apparently it's dead uh, Halloween prop with sound effects chainsaw. (laughs) (laughs) These are all a vital part of any dream machine. It sounds like somebody going chomp, 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 chomp. Yeah. It sounds like Tim Allen's weird nightmare brother from Silent Hill. <laughs> Silent Hill represents toxic, toxic masculinity. Down, 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 down. There's just a drill <laughs> with some sexy lady legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're back on our yes, baby. I've infected you. You see them as monsters, Tim? They're just peeking up over the fence. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, 
the guy steps out from behind the fence and he has no face. All right, this has been our Mambo number five meets home improvement sound effects uh, mashup. If they survived whatever, like my first couple takes of rapping to the RPG Pals Club theme is, then <laughs> they can survive through this. Okay. <laughs> we are pirates and we're on the sea, and that's the place that we want to be. There is an octopus and a raccoon and a doctor and also Ed Boone, the guy who did <laughs> some voices for the Mortal Kombat series. But if Eric has edited this into the beginning, that reference does not make sense. <laughs> Put it at the end of the show. Bonus, yeah. bonus content. No. Yeah, I'd probably like put put some more urban on it. My urban flavor TM on it. <laughs> I guess. Bonus content song. So when I'm editing this, I won't get busy. I'll get busy. Busy. Mm. All right. So the machine has uh, taken the adventure. You are all on Meat Island. That's M E A T. Not M-E-E-T, which is a island in the vast Paradise Ocean. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of you have sort of ended up here mostly on accident. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. The good news is uh, like this uh, meat island is one of those places where Maybe nine months out of the year, it's really dangerous for boats to get in here, and most of them don't even stop. But then for those three months, there is a bunch of trade, because Meat Island has a very important resource. Who knows what that resource is? Plastic. Meat. <laughs> Strangely enough, it's creamed corn. <laughs> Frozen orange juice concentrate. <laughs> I appreciate all of the references to... Oh, uh, fuck. Uh, old lady fucks the teen guy to Simon and Garfunkel and uh, Eddie Murphy swaps bot or er, swaps class positions. Welcome to America. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, the trading places, trading places, trading places. OK. We're recording at night. The machine may have come up with this adventure full cloth. But we got them night goofies, baby. Yeah, we got them night goofies. Ooh, ooh, gosh. <laughs> All right. I like a fork, Max. Is that a good goofy? No. Not no. At <laughs> I just, it, you sound less like goofy and more of a, a like a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic. And it's very upsetting. <laughs> I put the holes in the cheese. <laughs> I manually put them in. Cheese don't come with holes, you know. Gross. It's just the, it's just like the sheriff dog saying that. <laughs> All right, so Meat Island, uh, for three months a year, has a big shipment of naturally forming diamond corn. Oh. Diamond corn? Mm-hmm. Mm. And so the diamond corn comes up, and it's essentially a cob of corn 
but diamonds grow on it. No one knows why. It doesn't grow anywhere else. They've tried replanting it, but something about this island is very special. And so what happens is a lot of people come here and they're like, I'm going to try and steal some diamond corn. And a lot of the diamond corn farmers on here are just super productive, uh, super protective of their crop because it's how they're going to make their living. It's what brings people to the island and they don't want any randos. So they hire a lot of security and basically to get off the island, you would need to go in, sneak diamond corn without anyone finding it, hide it for like the three months that it takes where diamond corn has been harvested, but none of the ships have come and then get it off the island and then find a seller who's going to risk alienating the diamond corn farmers. So it's all very controlled. Mm-hmm. Mm. Controlled substance that diamond corn is. Mm-hmm. But also because the waters around here are so dangerous, there's a lot of shipwrecks. So either you got here because maybe you're shipwrecked or you grew up here or... Uh, you know, maybe you came in on a trade boat and was like, I'll try and find some work, but it's just not what you want to do. So why are you here, Clocktopus? Or how are you here? Either way. Uh, I feel like at some point in my journey to get to the shore itself, I probably attempted to climb up on somebody's ship and long story short, that, that ship didn't make it to port real well. Oh no. It's okay, I literally didn't know anybody on board. But now I'm kind of stuck here, trying to figure out some better compatriots to begin my proper journey to getting real strong and real buff to fight the Kraken with. Mm -hmm. So what have you been doing to sort of survive on the island in the meantime, until the next boat comes? Honestly, probably just picking fights. (laughs) Picking fights. Maybe maybe, uh, hired as (laughs) one of the, the corn guards. Okay. Yeah, now that, like, all of it has been harvested and it's in the diamond corn silos, there's not as much work, but you have enough pay to get you through. Yeah, exactly. Because if they didn't pay you enough, then people just turn to crime, probably. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you've been hanging out in the bars, getting into bar fights for some extra money, and you've got a reputation. <laughs> Hell yeah. What about you, Thrash? So, uh, Thrash, his old crew decided to uh, fuck him over and make him walk the plank. However, at the because of his grippy claws, everybody thought he died, so he was just grabbing onto the edge of the boat for, you know, however long it got there, and they just happened to stop on that island. So uh, mostly through, like, just you know, a lot of subterfuge, he kind of scumbagged his way on the island or towards some mm-hmm. safe harbor. Yeah, and you've been here for probably about a year now, if that's how he got here. Yeah. And last but not least, uh, Gao Henley. Yeah, Gao's here because, like, this is an island that you can only really get to about one-third of the year, or one-fourth of the year. Uh, so this is something uh, they need doctors w- uh, uh, to be able to come in during those times. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like... Gao uh, very much took advantage of this. He was like, uh, he came in uh, as kind of like one, uh, as a doctor to kind of help treat people uh, and bring in supplies now that there's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. And so, like I said, the busy season is over and it's a lot of waiting. People are getting bored. And uh, would Thresh and Gao also be hanging out in the bar? Uh, Probably, yeah. 
Yeah, in between, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so the bar is called Blaze Tavern. Like, it, it's one of those places where they frequently remodel it, especially after the uh, quiet season is done. Because it's like, you have the shipping season when boats are coming in and out, and because it's got dangerous waters around it already, maybe only one or two boats can come in during a week safely and land and everything. And so, like, until shipping season starts, you're bored. That's maybe in a few months. And uh, so as you're chilling in here, one of the guys who you know, uh, whose name is Kotal, uh, comes into the bar and Kotal is like, All right, guys, I have an opportunity. Who wants to make more money than they'll ever need in their life? <clears throat> I think I think I was going to kind of like perk his head up at that, even though he's he's still pretty, uh, pretty slouched up uh, from where he is. Uh, I would say a cigarette in hand, but uh, it's probably been censored into a lollipop, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> you know, that it's fitting enough. He's a doctor. He probably carries uh, tons of those like dum dums. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Kotal, for those of you playing at home, is a meerkat person. Oh, what's their last name? Why? I don't know. Just wondering. I just, you know, just, you know, I'm wondering if we have to talk to Ed Boone. <laughs> uh, their name is Kotal Leatherface. <laughs> Perfect pirate name. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, man, don't fuck with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, most of the other people aren't really interested because it's like, you have a good thing here. Yeah. Probably in, like, a decade, you can retire anywhere else and have a really good life. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, they purposefully know that it's important to not, like, screw over the workers or cheat anybody, so... I feel, I feel like as as this sort of announcement is happening, the octopus is like finishing up pouring like a big nice glass cold cold glass of water into their helmet. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, you know, yeah, puts down their cup and is just like, "What kind of opportunity are we talking about here? How about more money than you'd make in ten years here? I don't care about money. Is it dangerous? Is it thrilling? Yes, it's incredibly dangerous and thrilling. Let's talk some details, potentially. Anybody else? Uh, I think, I think, uh, Gao is going to raise his hand at that. Uh, uh might as well. Nothing else to do on this island. Uh, Thrash is interested, but for the time being, he's going to, uh, kind of try to eavesdrop on them, unless they go to, like, a different spot, then he, yeah. So he's gonna try to eavesdrop on them. Kodal has taken, uh, and Gal out of the bar to have this conversation. Yeah, I think, I think, like, uh, Gao's secret motivation is he needs funds to try to return home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that probably means a ship, and ships cost money. Yeah, sure I, I, I think we're all on the let's get enough money to earn a ship, uh, you know, thing here. But mm -hmm. yeah, but I think, uh, so, all right, so if he, see, he sees them walking, so he's going to try to sneak out the back door and try to eavesdrop on them. 
Okay, uh, if you would like to sneak, we'll make our first check here. So it's just going to be a physique roll, so roll me 2d6. 2d6. And let me know what you get okay. total. I got a 5 total. Kotal sees you sneaking behind him, and he's like, Do you want in or do you not? Don't have time for half-assing it. I like the cut of your jib, sir. Yeah, let's go. Let's do this. All right. So he leads you off to a point that you all know as Knife Ridge, which is a ridge that someone just buried a knife in here years ago. But it's a beautiful scenic view of the ocean, and behind you is the town, and you can't really have people sneaking up easily on you listening to the conversation, especially because of the wind that, like, rushes by this ridge. He's like, all right. So, you know Diamond Corn only grows here, right? Yeah, obviously. We've been protecting it for how long now? Yeah. Attempts to count on all my tentacles. Way too long. It's been a generational thing for far too long. The same families are in charge, and I don't like the way this power goes. What I have here is a special hybrid I've been growing that if I can get it off this island will allow us to grow diamond corn anywhere. What I need is for you to help me get it onto a ship in secret, which may mean taking a ship ourselves, and then once we can get back to the mainland, or one of the mainlands, whichever the ship is going to, or whichever way we take the ship, then we're going to be rich for day, rich for years, rich for decades. Our children's children will need to work, will become heroes of the freaking world. How does that sound? So you want to steal a ship to get your hybrid corn off the island? We only gotta steal a ship if we can't get on legally speaking. So I need you to either secure me passage on a ship where people aren't going to be asking too many questions, and where all four of us can travel together with some level of privacy, or to steal a ship, it's up to you. I don't know. Stealing a ship seems like an awful lot of trouble. A lot of adventure. And we get to disrupt rich and powerful people in the process. That's kind of like kicking them off a top build, a tall building, only it's a metaphorical tall building. You want to kick somebody off a tall building? Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm into that. Yeah. What a highly specific thing. Incredibly specific, but I'm into it. It's cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we have probably uh, three days until people notice that I'm acting shiftier than normal. So find me a ship in that time. We can get out of here and I can make you richer than you would ever imagine. All right. Yeah, sure. Why not deal? Stick out like three tentacles to shake on it. He shakes it with his thin, nubby, meerkat person hand. <laughs> uh, Thrash whips out his claw, whips out his hands, making very sure to bear his very, very sharp claws. Kodo shakes it. Okay. Uh, Thrash squeezes it just tight enough to put a little bit of pressure on. He squints his eyes at you and nods, as if, I understand what you're about, mate. Okay. Uh, I think uh, Gao, j- uh, uh, Gao has uh, appeared behind this man uh, and just pats him on his back and says, I'll get you your ship. Just make sure that you follow through on your end of the bargain. Easy is done. creepy that one and so how do you want to proceed i guess we can start by scoping out the the harbor where a lot of ships are there you know 
see, like, kind of get a lay of the land. It's like, who's the best target to either get on or steal from? Mm -hmm. All right. So you are going to be looking up information in this scenario. So would one of you like to roll me a uh, brains related check? If you're going to be learning, let me know if you have something that you think is relevant. I don't believe any of you do. So <laughs> no. whoever has the most brains. Uh, I got two. I also have two. I have one. <laughs> Together we are. No thoughts. No. <laughs> Should we all just roll to attempt to well, find I, I rolled a uh, a nine mm -hmm. uh, on the dice. Uh, I do not know if I add anything to that. Nope. Uh, it's just going to be a nine, but that nine works enough to find you the basic information. So like talking around the docks, you find out that... Yeah, there's two current ships in here. There is the Snow Kisser, mm -hmm. and then there is the Annihilation of Doom. <laughs> oh, what a rush! And uh, if you want to ask me a, uh, with that nine, I can answer you one question about either ship. Okay, please, 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 is the Annihilation of Doom? Very frilly and pretty in pink. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously, of course. <laughs> I think, like, as you go to the dock and you're looking, you just see it, like, metal-ass font red letters printed on this, like, very pastel pink in frilly ship. Annihilation of Doom. Is it, is it, is it, ple please, I, I hope that's in Comic Sans. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's in one of those, like, specialty, oh, we wanted to make a font, like, this specialty font that's, like, on a middle album cover or whatever. <laughs> so incredibly hard to read. Uh -huh. Exactly. It's like, why is it bleeding? Who was that for? The idle metal pirates. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so it's pretty frilly and pink, but do you want to ask, like, an actual question? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do actually want to yeah, ask yeah. A, a, a question. Um, what sort of security are we looking f uh, at this, uh, uh, on the docks itself? So, uh, for specifically this ship or in general? Just in general. Like, are we, uh, like, is... What sort of security are we looking at here? So, like, you've lived here long enough and you've been around for a few, like, shipping seasons to know that, uh, like, right now it's not super busy. These ships here are kind of, like, waiting to get going. Like, they are going to be stuck here for a few months. And you actually have not asked how uh, Kodal Leatherface plans to get out of here with a ship. But beyond, like, maybe two people who are always doing security shifts at the docks at all times who aren't really on high alert because if you steal a ship, where the hell are you going to go? The ocean? <laughs> the ocean, but there's the dangerous tides that would destroy a ship. Mm, exactly. uh, if you, if you uh, steal a ship, you don't really have a place to go and they'll probably stop you soon enough. There's not really anyone else here and probably each ship maybe has one crewmate who always is just on to prevent anyone who's dumb enough to try and steal from a ship. Mm -hmm. What ship is the bigger ship? Uh, so they're both kind of like medium-sized ships. They're not like war frigates, but they each have a crew or they each have the support for maybe like 20 people. Okay. I also get a question. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Uh, what do the crews look like on the two ships? Like, is one, you know, perhaps particularly buff or... So, I mean, there's a reasonably large population on the island, and they've been here for long enough that you don't know necessarily who's on the crew. But, I mean, if you're all dealing with diamond corn or you hear his hired muscle or for other things, it, it it's something that you don't have a good answer for. Mm. Uh, if you tried to, like, seek out members of the crew, you could probably dig into that a bit more. Mm-hmm. So after I, f- I find out my things, I, I pop out be- uh, I, 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 like, slowly rise from the shadows behind one of them and go, Hello? There's, <laughs> <laughs> like, fisticuffs ready to punch and, oh, God, it's him again. <laughs> and I tell them kind of what I've learned. Uh, and also, I, I guess, like, I'm probably going to bring up the fact that, like, we have no way of knowing how he wants to, like escape the island like how is he planning to get a ship out of here if anyone could do that they would i mean i assume he was gonna try and wait until the you know the tides quit being so vicious yeah but then he was like i need it in three days he did say that didn't he yeah Mm. what's happening in three days because he's gonna be or maybe this guy can just fucking cool it for like a few months and then you know, it'll, it'll be a more opportune time for us to steal the ship. I think there's something more to this that we don't know. Mm. Is anything in particular happening in three days? There's no, like, notable uh, festival or anything happening? No, he uh, just said that probably in three days, the people who he normally lives with and around are going to be suspicious of how much more suspicious he's acting. Ah, uh, okay. Do would we happen to know anybody uh 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 Kodal Leatherface associates with? Oh, uh, would you? Who would we? Well, I'm assuming we're regulars at the tavern as well, so we kind of like see what kind of guys, you know, he hangs out with or what they, you know, who they hang out with, who they regularly associate with, maybe like they they mentioned where they work at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, so you can go and, uh, like, you hang out in the bars enough, and you notice that, er, and you specifically remember that there was one person who was, like, really, like, oh my god, don't, don't talk and ask people about your crazy scheme in the bar. Okay. Like, the entire time. Okay. I mean, maybe that, that, that's, like, our next lead, then. You can try to run pacifist mode on this. For now... Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now. Information gathering. Decide who we get to punch first. Exactly. All right. So, uh, yeah, you know that there is a uh, snow-colored kangaroo whose name is Smoke. Okay. And uh, Smoke is just like, oh, uh, can I help you with anything? Yeah. Um. You know, Kodal. Uh, Kodal started talking to us about a job, and, uh, you know, he said we'd meet up, you know, he said he'd talk to us later about it for the details. Would you happen to know anything about that? Kodal's job? Uh, Kodal doesn't strike me as a person who I would want to follow unless I had a death wish. Hmm. He talks a big game, but I rarely see him playing, if you understand what I mean. Right. Yeah, I, I see him from time to time, and I was just wondering, uh, you know, I always hear him talking about his schemes, and I'm going to use, like, like my, 
Um, no, booming voice wouldn't work in this scenario. But I, but I'm still gonna be you know try to try to lay the sweet talk on and be like, listen, he ever tell you any of those schemes or like you know you aware how any of those other schemes worked out of his? You know, I I will let you uh, roll a uh, soul check. Okay. For this, I think it's close enough that uh, you can uh, get a focus bonus for this. So it's going to be four d six. Four d six. So one. And then one more d6 plus four. So that's a 14 total. Okay. He arrived here a few seasons back and was just talking about how he could totally revolutionize the entire diamond corn and find ways to transport it year round. And I I don't think it's quite possible. And he, he pays extra for a very private room back at the uh, back of the farm. A witch farm. Baraka Farm. Uh, okay. Uh, Baraka Farm. Got it. All right. Listen, you know, it, you, I mean, clear. Listen, if, if it's as good as he says, clearly we want a sample, right? And I say to uh, Gao and Clocktopus. Yeah, I kind of do the, the old uh, punch in the hand thing, but it's tentacle to tentacle, you know? Mm-hmm. I just uh, kind of like half heartedly shrug uh, lollipop and uh, bringing lollipop to mouth. <laughs> okay. A very yeah yeah very tired lollipop energy you're radiating right now. <laughs> very. That's yeah. That's that that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh. So I I give Smoke a little pat on the back and I say, hey, thanks, man. Uh, listen, we were thinking of acquiring a boat when uh you know the the, the dry season comes, we can get off the island. So uh you know if you're looking for some adventure. Give me a call. Give us, you know, get in touch. And I give him a nice little squeeze on the shoulder. Again, just digging my my claws in him a little bit. What the hell are you doing? What? Listen, I'm just saying, should all of this work out, we're getting a crew together when the dry season comes. It, it, so It feels like you're trying to threaten me, though. I mean, with that claw, with that claw grab, it's very weird. You're a very weird person. As long as you remember me. And then I like, uh, and then I, and then I, and then I, and then I like, and I take my hand off, give him a proper pat on the back, and then walk backwards away, motioning my, uh, motioning my compatriots to come with me. Literally, just sit there for a moment, watching him do this, and just be like. <laughs> follow after. I I I apologize for him before I leave. <laughs> It's not awkward if you just, play it off. Just, yeah, just very much just sorry, sorry, sorry. Just uh, very politely. <laughs> what is it? Can you, like, not control those things on your small tentacles on your hands? And, and, and I take it we're walking to Baraka Farm while all this is taking place. And it's like, listen, this is a rough island. And there are a lot of deals that go on here. And these claws of mine, and I whip them out dramatically can get me pretty far when you're making deals. And then I like put my hands back in my the, my jacket pocket and keep walking. Mm-hmm. So all of you have been here long enough that you know that there are five main farms on the island. There is Baraka Farm, Scorpion Farm, Nightwolf Farm, Tanya Farm, and Malak Farm. <laughs> Everyone's favorite, <laughs> Malak. <laughs> Malak Farm, baby. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Baraka Farm is 
one of the newer ones, uh, though new really isn't new new. I think like 300 years or so ago, there was a fight between some of the Scorpion family. And so Mm -hmm. some of them stayed with Scorpion and some of them were like, we're going to take our part of the land and uh, open up Baraka Farm. Family division. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's slightly smaller as a result. But, I mean, they do enough business. It's like, oh, you're the smallest casino in Las Vegas, but you're still making stupid money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're still, you know, growing fucking diamond corn. Mm-hmm. And so out of curiosity, uh, I know we said that Clocktopus was a former guard and then Thrash has been working here and Gal. Uh, which of the farms did you work at? I don't think he worked in the farm. I think he worked in town. It was just kind of... Um, general doctoring. Yeah, it was general doctoring where he kind of went around uh, with who, uh, to kind of see whoever got sick uh, uh, or uh, had some kind of long-term illness that they needed treated uh, between seasons. Fair enough, fair enough. And I mean, it's also one of those things where you have, like, some medical staff, but if things uh-huh. get worse or you need, like, actual yeah. medical care. Yes, exactly. Exactly, you know. And then he would probably, like, appear at their house, uh, a, a shadow uh, outside the window. <laughs> like a nightmarish Dr. Hero luck. Yeah, well, exactly, you know. Glasses shining so you can't read his face. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's uh, Well, what about uh, Calactopus and Thrash? I feel like Clocktopus has been here just long enough to have, like, kind of, you know, done his time at one, been finished with that, gotten to some fights, some stuff in town, like, hooked up with another uh, farm. So you've just sort of worked with all the farms at some point? Yeah, more or less. Kind of definitely Mm -hmm. a uh, a farm-based drifter. Whoever will will pay the most at the time. Yeah, and I mean, there is some competition for, like, getting people, especially if they're good. Well, you do have a reputation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Just a bit of Eight one. arms. Yeah, eight arms. Great for grabbing and great for garden. Yeah, great great for shucking them corn ears. <laughs> eight legs, six vaginas. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, and what about uh, Thrash? I think Thrash is making his living by helping, um, just like working his grunt for like the deckhands going in and out since, you know, he he's better able to talk to people, maybe working on, uh, making me working in the tavern from time to time as a bartender because, you know, he's got that booming voice to talk to people. So, uh, you know, maybe working there during the uh, not so hot seasons. Fair enough. Okay, so you have not actually directly worked for any of the farms. Yes. All right. I love to be like, <laughs> here, have opportunities to sneak into Baraka Farm or be trusted members here. Oh, okay. Just slap it out of your hand. Like, no, I don't want that. Hard mode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want So that. you'll get up. Uh, so you'll walk up and uh, you've, I think Clocktopus will just say that you worked at Baraka Farms mm-hmm. for this season. Okay, so this yeah, that was makes my, last, my last place of employment before I went back to yes. finding people in the bar for money. A gift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, guarding the gate is Jax, who is a dark olive green gorilla goat. A dark olive green goat. Ooh. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, Gunn's mm-hmm. cool. It's not like you were trying to avoid any, I don't know, you know, certain implications by, uh, you know, making someone a gorilla. <laughs> Careful with those random generators there. Yeah, you know. The random dangerous generators. You might hit one and it just explode. Yeah, so, you know, Jade, the dark olive green gold creature, and's like, Sal, who are your friends? This is Claw Guy, and this is Spooky Wolf. All right, I, I, I don't really care. Yeah, I know you don't. Uh, yeah, I I mean, you are, you guys aren't going to do any crimes, so yeah, go on in. All right, yeah, cool. Don't start too many fights. Oh, you know, we just gotta, we just gotta talk to one. Mm-hmm, it's fine. I kind of wave, wave in my two compatriots. Mm-hmm. Of course. And so uh, there's like the standard housing, there's the long-term housing, and you know that uh, Kotal probably lives in the long-term housing. And easy, easily enough, you find your way there, and Kotal's room has a sign that says, Kotal's room, do not enter. I just kind of bang on the door. Uh, oh, <laughs> Fully work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was too much or not, but... While they're doing this, I want to, could I, I'm a very stealthy person by nature. That's Mm -hmm. um, why I keep startling people completely by accident. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I, I think I'm being uh, perfectly normal within uh, social mores and boundaries. Um, (laughs) uh, But uh, since since I do, I want to kind of like slide off and see what I can investigate on my own. See if there's anything kind of suspicious going on. Anything worth note. All right, so we will let you go off and do that. So you wanted to go be a sneaky. Yeah, sneaky I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to be, uh, I, I want to infiltrate. All right, now I think you got, yeah, you got rid of the infiltration focus uh, ability. Yeah, I but... didn't, I didn't make it a power, but I did, I thought like it would be a good, uh, you said that there would be another way of doing that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what you're going to do is make a brains roll and because it falls into the category of a focus, cause you're trying to learn information, it's going to be three D six. Okay. Uh, I rolled an 11. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, what, what specifically are you looking for here? Um, I guess I guess I'm trying to figure out uh, if there's something uh, special about this corn, this corn hybrid that I've been uh, hearing so much about that this heist, this whole thing is about. Uh, so how do you want to go about looking for this? Because uh, Kotal, it's like from what you gathered, it's Kotal's secret blend that he's been working on. Of course. Um, so I think... Uh, uh, so it, it it's not it's not part of the Baraka farm, correct? Correct. He's working here on Baraka farm, but it is not something they would probably approve of. Okay. I guess I want to see if there is if there's like land or equipment that seems off or missing. Mhm. Uh I think that would be a good place to start. Okay. So you, like, go and, like, check out the equipment areas, and as far as you're able to tell, because you don't necessarily work in the fields or have as much direct knowledge about it. Oh, absolutely not. Everything, everything seems to be fine. Yeah, like, uh, all I know is what I've gathered and kind of, uh, from, uh, being in proximity and treating a lot of these people and and hearing with them talk about things. Mm-hmm. 
that is that's the most I've I've really kind of uh, interacted with the corn myself. I guess uh, is there some sort of like almanac or logbook that someone's been keeping that might be good? Uh, yeah, yeah. What are you looking for in that logbook? Uh, I guess I I, I want to see like recent entries because this has to be something new. Uh, I want to see if there's something that they think is off or different. With the current diamond corn? Yeah, uh, yeah, just something worth remarking upon, I guess. Uh, not really. Uh, it seems like it's been a normal, normal harvest this year. Uh-huh. Are they, uh, is there any talk about troubles on the farm in general? No, I mean, it, it, it's a smooth running operation. Got it. For all intents and purposes. Okay. So we cut back to the door and, uh, you have knocked heavily. You have not noticed that uh, your doctor friend has vanished. Just absolutely disappeared from behind you. Simply like gone like a like a shadow. Uh-huh. Maybe we're sitting there like Kotal, Kotal. We got some ship to talk about. And like as you're waiting, uh, the door doesn't open. Do you knock again? Yeah. The door swings slowly open, and in front of you. With a knife in his back is the dead form of Kodal. Oh. Well. Guess we don't have ship to talk about anymore. And that is where we end this week's episode of RPG House Club. <laughs> <laughs> Gina Dazer, you can find me on Twitter at Adazer, A-D-A-S-E-R, or on Patreon.com slash Jean Adazer, J-E-A-N underscore A-D-A-S-E-R. Hello there, I've been Eric, a.k.a. Rhythm Bastard. You can find me on my website, rhythmbastard.rocks. You can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash rhythmbastard, where I release new music every month. And you can also buy merch and music on Bandcamp at rhythmbastard.bandcamp.com. And I've been Gar Atkins. You can catch me on Twitter at Sahoni underscore stuff. Uh, that's S-A-H-O. NI underscore stuff, where I work as a podcaster and game designer. You can catch me on my other podcast, uh, Barking Points Memo, which is a weekly current events podcast where we laugh and or uh, yell about the news. Uh, You can also uh, check out my Twitter for info on streams because I just finished editing Exceptionals. Uh, So the next big step is a lot of art. And I would love the company as I do just a lot of painting and page layout. Hi, my name is Madison Rowan. You can also hear me over on the Established Property Podcast, a Pokemon tabletop game, and Let's Make Something, a podcast about making stories from randomly generated words. Everything I do is linked over on my Twitter, at QuipsterRikuru. Rikuru spelled R-I-K-U-R-U. Hi, I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at Frunding underscore loom you can also hear me on the established property playhouse a new series with our game master loop where we're playing an all-ages pokemon adventure uh you can find that on twitter at est pro playhouse hello i'm luke your game master you can find more of what i do online on twitter at at coltreg that's k-o-l-t-r-e-g wildly i have actually updated my website at lukehair l-u-k-e-h-e-r-r dot com 
where you can find comics, links to all the podcasts that I do, including the more recent Nicolas Cage podcast, The Unbearable Weight of Nicolas Cage, the Luke Hare Podcast Project, and Established Property Playhouse, the new Pokemon 5e actual play that I'm running with Sam and Madison, and also Janine from a lot of other very good podcasts. RPG Pals is a twice-a-monthly podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review and rating on Twitter, iTunes, whatever. You know, just tell us that you enjoy the thing. Honestly, getting those real interactions is a good inspiration. It lets us know that this show matters to you. If you'd like to support us on the show, uh, you can check out our Patreon at RPG Pals Club, and that will help us to do things like compensate Eric for the editing work that he does, because he works really hard on this. That's it. We'll see you in probably two more weeks on the 1st or the 15th of the month. Until then, catch you on the flip mode.